0: Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing well? Everybody happy out there? All right. Well, that's the title of the sermon this morning. So, you want to be happy? That's the title. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, and we'll begin there in just a moment. Luke chapter 10, and we'll begin in verse 17. How are all my teenagers doing? You guys doing well down there? First two rows. I wouldn't say in the most important two rows, but uh, important people anyway. <clears throat> so, you want to be happy. Everybody wants to be happy, right? Yeah. Sure, no one wants to not be happy. Sure, you want to be happy. This passage here that we're going to read says that Jesus had happiness in His life. It says, uh, Then the 72 returned with joy... And said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy... Through the Holy Spirit said, and He goes on and He talks there. So Jesus sent out His guys to go out and preach. They came on back in and they were fired up. They were full of joy because they had had great success in what they had done. And they saw a lot of good things happen. And it goes on, Jesus talks about that and it says, "...even Jesus was full of joy." Uh, and full of happiness at this great occurrence that had happened. That the guys had gone out and they had been successful. Jesus actually talks a good bit about uh, joy and wanting his followers to have joy. Look over to John 15. Okay. John 15. And we'll pick it up in verse 11. He was a happy guy. And he wanted us to be happy. He wanted his people to be happy. And John 15, in verse 11, he says, I have told you this. So that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. So, you know, he says, I'm happy, and I want you to be happy as well. Look over to chapter 16 and verse 23. This is when he's praying. And he says, in that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now... You have not asked for anything in My name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. And so there's just a lot of of uh, different looks into Jesus being happy and wanting His followers to be happy as well. Now, I'm going to give you my definition of joy. Okay? Okay. Joy can be defined in a whole lot of different ways, but in the purposes of uh, our lesson today, in our thoughts today, in our study today, this is how I'm defining joy. Inner contentment that makes life positive. Inner contentment that makes life positive. Many times in our life, we have a, a difficult time with the concept of what is fun and what will really bring you joy and happiness. And that, th- those two things in our life, we conceptually understand there's a little bit of difference, but we have a, a great tendency to combine them together. If something would be fun then wouldn't it be true that it also would bring you joy? Now, if we've lived very long, and if we've had many experiences in life, we've realized that something can be fun, but it doesn't necessarily bring you joy in the big scheme of your life. You know what I'm saying? Now, we all have things that we would like to do that are fun. Right? And as you get your mind thinking on this, I wrote down a few of things that I would like to do that would be fun. (coughs) For me. Okay. You see, what's fun for me isn't necessarily fun for you. Oh. You understand what I'm saying? And the person next to you, even your husband and wife or, you know, uh, someone you're very close to, what's fun for you isn't necessarily fun for them. Uh, I, I, I wrote down a shooting below par in a golf round. For me. That would be fun. That would be fun. That'd be crazy fun for me. For a lot of you, you're like, yeah, no big deal. I, another thing I wrote down: I would like to be able to run. I, I run three times a week. I would be able to, like to be able to run as fast as I could ten years ago. Whoa, well, that would that would really be fun. I can't tell you how much fun that would be for me. And for you, you're like, yeah, eh, eh, eh. I don't run anyway. Wouldn't mind having a couple million dollars? That'd be fun.
1: (laughs) A new car and get
0: rid of Rosie. That would be fun. All of those things would be fun. Now, whether they would bring me joy is another question. But I want to give you guys an opportunity here, particularly my teenagers down here, uh, but not just you guys, uh, not just the teenagers, but everybody. What in your life would be fun? Yeah, sports to be successful, San Marino volleyball team in your case, uh, to go undefeated and win the CIF championship, right? Sure. And you do the winning slam, I mean. Okay, so sports, uh, being successful in sports. Okay, what else? What would be fun for you guys? Yeah. I mean,
1: watching YouTube is fun. Oh, yeah. but, uh, it doesn't bring me joy.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay, it's fun. Okay. Come on, teenagers. Yeah. Watching the walking
1: dead.
0: Uh, Watching the walking dead. That's fun. Okay. Yeah, see, this is a good example. I, 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 can, I don't even know what she's talking about. But, uh, <laughs> but, but to her, it'd be fun. And you know what? When, when I talked about breaking par and golf, she didn't know what I was talking about either. All right. Some of the other guys. Yeah, over here. Sleeping late. Oh. Sleeping late. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, Leonard. blow
1: drying my hair.
0: Mr. Baldness himself, uh, blow drying his hair. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it'd be fun for some of you guys. Yeah. You travel. Travel. Okay. Uh, Europe, Africa, just anywhere. Right just travel okay I'm thinking up yeah Chris winning a poker tournament that'd be fun any more of my teenagers down here anything yeah winning your first football you mean your high school's uh, uh, not won one yet uh, that, that, that's a bummer uh you know, sometimes that's a scheduling problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love the old, uh, the old saying that Lou Holtz, the, the coach at Notre Dame, was talking about, uh, you know, when, hey, when you're not winning, you need to schedule William and Mary and hope that William doesn't come to the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to schedule a win. But, you know, we all understand the idea in our life that there's some things that we would like to do that are fun, But they aren't necessarily things that at the end of the day are going to really bring us a long-standing joy. Jesus talked about this. I want want my disciples to, to have joy in their life. Uh, that they, they're going to have joy in their life. He had joy in His life. I think that's an important sort of mental image for us to have, those of us uh, who follow Christ. Sometimes we think of Jesus as a very stoic, uh, very, uh, you know, hey, do this, do that, do this, do that, and that kind of thing. I think if we look at the, the picture of Jesus, if we could put, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John into a video, uh, there would actually be a lot of times when they're just hanging around and, uh, and talking as they're walking from here to there, uh, you know, uh, to, to walk from, the, the, from Judea all the way up to Galilee. That's quite a walk. They had a lot of time to talk and, and, uh, uh, and that kind of thing. And my guess is, is they laughed a lot during that time because they enjoyed uh, all the things that were going on in their life and uh, enjoyed being around Jesus. And I, I think Jesus enjoyed being around them as well. But Jesus helps us understand joy. Look over to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5. And this is where really the uh, meat and potatoes of the lesson is going to come in here. Because Jesus starts out this famous uh, message or sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And He starts it out with what is known as the Beatitudes. The term He uses for blessed or blessed could easily be interpreted or understood to mean happiness or joy. And so we're going to look at these things that He describes here. And I think we're going to be able to put some meat and potatoes on, on, on your plate here of how do you have joy in your life? How can you get there in your life? Let's pick it up in verse 1. Matthew 5, verse 1. Now, when He saw the crowds, He went up on a mountainside and sat down. That's why it's called the Sermon on the Mount. You with me? They went on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to Him and He began to teach them, saying... So he's going to lay out some some fundamentals here, some basics of his teachings. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are uh, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I think in Jesus' teaching here, He gives us three different sort of ideas or ways to look at what is happiness, what is joy, and how it can find its way into our life. Number one, joy is rooted in the inner being. In the inner woman. In the inner man. The joy, real joy... We're not talking about what's fun here. We're talking about real joy is not something like watching a television show or or winning an athletic contest. Real joy is a lot deeper than that and is rooted in you. Not the outside of you, but the heart of you. In the inner being. We all understand... That there's the, there's the person that everybody sees. Yeah. And then there's the inner person. And sometimes that's a great frustration in our life. Because we feel like people just don't know me. And what are we talking about? We're not talking about the outside. We're talking about me on the inside. Right. You know, what, what I see on the outside is, is temporary in one sense. It changes. Uh, unfortunately, uh, most of the time, not for the good. Uh, but, uh, you know, it goes downhill with time. You know, Chris asked the, the other day, she uh, saw a picture of an elderly person. And she says, man, it seems like all elderly people sort of age and look the same when they get old. And I said, that's because our bodies aren't made to work forever. And, uh, you know, if we live to be elderly people, that, that process will happen uh, to us too, if you understand what I'm saying. That there's an inner person and there's an outer person with every single one of us. Are you guys with me on that? Yeah. Yeah. You understand that. Yeah. There's what people see, and there's who you know you are. Right. And sometimes that's scary for us in life. And we put on a big act, we try to act a certain way when we know... That the inner person is not really that person. And that, that sometimes that's a frightening thing for us in life. But Jesus said, he says that real joy is rooted in the inner person. And we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Secondly, that joy is demonstrated in its care for others. That real joy is not just about what makes you happy. That it's what you do or how you can impact Uh, Someone else's life around you. And thirdly, in in the uh, the uh, the beatitudes here, is that joy is a part of this life and a part of the next life, which is a really interesting thing that he gets in right there uh, at at the uh, at the end. Let's talk about this idea that joy is rooted in the inner being, in the inner woman, in the inner man. In in this uh, in this passage, in these beatitudes, these attitudes, these heart. Uh, attitudes that people have, he talks about being poor in spirit, mourning, being meek, hungering and thirsting, and being pure in heart. As a matter of fact, the vast majority of what he talks about is, is the inner person. Right. Now, he talks about also being a peacemaker and being merciful, and that's about other people. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But isn't it interesting, the, the biggest part of what he talks about, about being happy or being joyful, real joy is about what's going on inside of you. Who you are, and who you expect yourself to be in your inner being. The inner woman. The inner man. It can change. These qualities are qualities that, that a person may not have at a time in their life, and then they can get them in their life. These are things that in a time in a person's life, they may be the opposite of those things. Instead of being poor in spirit, which would mean humble, they might be full of spirit or full of themselves or arrogant. You understand what I'm saying? But he talks about these things in the inner person. I want you to think about your inner being right now. Who are you? Not the color of your hair. Not the color of your skin. Not how short or tall or thin or other uh, that, that we might we might be or that we're becoming. You know, I, the other day, uh, one of my friends had his birthday and he, he wanted us to all go to a, a buffet. And, uh, you know, buffet's a bad idea. Because buffet, you get the idea that well, since there's a salad bar, you need to have a full salad. And since there's a full pasta bar, you need to have a full pasta. And since there's a, a Bananas Foster for dessert, and someone's making it, then you need to have all that. And I did.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, oh my gosh, I, all, all evening I was miserable, and I'm like, oh. Man, note to self: uh, gotta stay away from the buffet, you know, uh, because that, that thing kind of happens in our life. Uh, we, we, uh, you know, either we gotta quit eating so much, or we gotta get bigger pants, you know. It, one of the two things are gonna have to happen here, uh, if you know what I'm saying. So thin or, or or fat, but I'm I'm talking about not any of those things, not not the outward things of you, but the inner person who you are in your heart. He says, happy is the poor in spirit. Happy is the person who is actually humble about themselves. They're not ashamed of themselves. It's not that they don't think they can do anything. As a matter of fact, they may know that they are very capable. But they realize... That that the abilities that they have are an accumulation of many things. Not the least of which is their talent and ability, which they didn't necessarily bring upon themselves. They did work hard maybe to become a a person of of talent or ability. But they realize that many of the the influences of their life have, have resulted in them being who they are. There's a humility about them instead of an arrogance. They may be the smartest person in the room, but they're humble about realizing how they got to be the smartest person in the room. They may be the best athlete in the room, but there's a humility about them realizing that they didn't just get there by their hard work. You understand what I'm saying? Blessed are the poor in spirit. You have enough confidence about yourself to realize that, that I don't need to be Arrogant. That I, I'm far better off as a person. I'm the person that God wants me to be if I'm humble yeah. instead of arrogant. Right. How many arrogant people do you have a close friendship with? I would suggest not many. We all have to deal with people that are arrogant. Arrogant. But my goodness, it, it's, it's almost impossible to have an endearing relationship with someone who thinks they're better than you, smarter than you, right. prettier than you. My reaction to that person is, I want to get away from them.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't want to be close to them. Many of us, many people in the world, wonder why they don't have more friends. Well, I wish I I had more friends. Well, if you want to have more friends, perhaps you should be a better friend. Why don't I have any? Because you haven't made any. You haven't humbled yourself. You You haven't admitted that you need friends. That you need influence in your life. That you need comfort from other people around you. Happy really are the people, not of the arrogant people that act like they've got everything together and act like everything's perfect in their life. The truth of the matter is that person is probably not very happy when they sit down in the quietness of their own uh, room and really think about their life. Jesus says, happy is the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Why would a person who, who is mourning, that actually feels bad from time to time... You know, another passage says, uh, uh, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. The mourning person is a person who actually can feel for other people around them. They actually care about other people around them. And correspondingly, they see the hurt that's on, uh, in other people's lives, and they hurt with others who are hurting around them. The world would have us to believe. How, how are you happy? You're happy if you cut everybody off <laughs> and just live for yourself and live for what you want and what you need and what you uh, 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 think is going to make you happy. Then it's me, me, me. And Jesus says, no, really. The person who is is the happy person, a person who actually does care about people around them. Do you like people that like you? I like people who like me. Isn't that an amazing thing? Yeah. Jesus here is actually teaching us how, how to have relationships with each other. is to actually care. Blessed are the meek. Another way to understand meek is someone who is, who is calm. A person who is, who is a, not a violent person. The meek person. The person isn't blowing up every time. Have you ever had a friendship with someone that you're you're nervous about half the time that they're just going to explode about something, <laughs> and so you're a little bit on pins and needles around them because you you, you, you always think, I oh, know if I say that they're going to blow up. If I say that they're going to blow up, and you know you don't know what to say, and sometimes so you're quiet, you know, and and, and there's no. You know, there's no conversation because you're scared to death. You may light their fuse. uh, You know, and that kind of thing. Jesus says, really, the person who's happy is not the person who who thinks so much of themselves that they want to control everything around them all the time, but the person who's meek. The person who's not violent. The person who actually sees their need for other people around them. This is all the inner person. The inner woman. The inner man. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, He says. Yeah, because sometimes people get this idea that, well, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, it's got to be you can't have this, you can't do that, you can't have this. Jesus says here, I want people to be happy because they have an, an ambition and a fire in them. Who hunger and thirst They've got a drive in them. But is it hunger and thirst for everything that makes me happy? No, it's for a righteous purpose. It's for a godly purpose. It's for something down in there. Jesus was was a very ambitious person. He wanted His followers to have a fire within them. At one point it says that Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, and those around him were, were nervous and afraid and, and they didn't know even how to handle him. Right. He had so much burning within him. It brings a real joy. You know, I, I, I think ambition is one of those things in Galatians 5 it talks about that, that sinful and selfish ambition is a sinful thing. But ambition in and of itself is not sinful. Right. To hunger and thirst. To be driven. This is what are you driving for? What, 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 what do you want at the end of the day? If you could accomplish everything you want, what would you have? Jesus says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then He comes down, and I, I love this one, the pure in heart. The pure in heart. Yeah, at another point in Jesus' teachings, he, he, he had the little children around him. He says, Hey, the, 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 the little children, let the little children come to me. He who will not receive the kingdom like a little child will never enter it. The little child, the pure in heart, the uncomplicated person. I want to ask you do you do a little self diagnostic on yourself? Are you a complicated person? Are people always in a mystery of trying to figure out what in the world is wrong with you? Are people always wondering, what do I need to do so you'll be happy? Jesus, the blessed of pure in heart, be an uncomplicated person. You'll be a lot more happy. Quit being so complicated. At the end of the day, doesn't really make that much difference all those things that you have a strong opinion about. Right. Yeah. You make everybody else miserable around you. You can't order off a menu without a lecture. <laughs> Lighten up. The pure in heart, the uncomplicated person. These are all things about the inner person. The pure in heart. The poor in spirit. The mourning, the meek, the hungering, thirsting for righteousness. The inner person. He also talks, and I want to talk about this here, the the influence that you have on others around you. Thus are the merciful, for they'll receive mercy. You're happy if you're merciful with people. Let somebody off the hook. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let somebody off. Merciful. Blessed are the merciful. It will make you surprising that if you've done this and some of you have, it actually makes you feel good to let someone off the hook. You're like, ah, oh, let them off the hook. You almost, almost every time you say that, you end that with a smile. Yeah, I let them off the hook.
1: <laughs>
0: Why do you smile at the end of that? Because it made you happy. Yeah. You actually let them off the hook. You could have nailed them. But you let them off the hook. You're merciful. You, and, and, and also the peacemakers. You help people get along with other people around them. Man, our, our world has a lot of strife right now. Yeah. A lot of friction going on in our world right now. Help some people get along with each other. Jesus says it will make you happy as well. Then He talks about this thing at the end. It gets a little confusing here about, about persecution. In verse 10 He says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you. Now wait a minute. Happy are you when people insult you? Persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of Me. Rejoice and be glad. Now this is in the midst of Him defining joy, is a command about joy. What does He say? When things in your life get a little hard, rejoice and be glad. Our tendency, my tendency, your tendency, is when things go bad in our life, to feel sorry for ourselves, and immediately try to find somebody to blame. This has got to be somebody's fault! Why I'm not getting what I want or why my life isn't unfolding the way I want it to go. He says, rejoice and be glad. You know, when our kids were little kids, of course, our kids are 30 and 31 now, so they're long gone from being uh, little kids in, in the home. And they've been out for a long time, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but when they were little kids, particularly, I think uh, it's happened a lot with Maria, I remember, uh, is that, uh, you know, I would look at her and I would say, get happy now. And, and sometimes, you know, she'd look at me and, and you know, tears running down her face. And, geez, geez. <laughs> and you.
1: And
0: but, but, you know, the Bible does command us. to be Jesus commands it. Rejoice and be glad. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. Paul says the same thing in Philippians 4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say rejoice. When the Bible says, and again, I say it. It's an emphasis, right? There's times in my life and in your life where I need to get happy, Marty. Shut up and get happy.
1: Now, this is the inner
0: dialogue going on in my mind. Sometimes the inner dialogue shouldn't go out.
1: You know what I'm saying?
0: But all of us have the inner dialogue in the inner being. And sometimes the inner dialogue in my mind Head in my heart in the inner person is it's time to get happy it's time to quit griping Marty it's time to quit complaining it's time to wish wishing things were better than they are you know one time when I was playing golf I hit my ball in a really bad place I had it oh shut up (laughs) I'm looking at where my ball is. My lie, is, to use the terminology. And I mean, it's in the grass. It's down in the grass. There's no way in the world I can hit it very well. And I'm griping about the conditions and why the, 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 the guy who keeps the course up didn't mow better. And moaning and groaning and all that. And it's everybody else's problem. And, and one of the guys, not him, one of the guys <laughs> that was playing golf with me said, well, hey, you hit it there. <laughs> Yep. You know, sometimes in life, guys, when you're moaning and groaning about something in your life that isn't right and you wish it were different and, 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 and you're, you're going through your tirade of this is my mother's fault, this is my dad's fault, this is the teacher's fault, this is the coach's fault, this is the government's fault, this is, this is everybody else's fault, everybody else's fault, and you need to sit back and say, you hit it there! Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. On, and hurry. it's not everybody else's fault. You hit it there. Shut up and hit it. Move on in life. That's why Jesus gives this a command here in the midst of all this. But, but the interesting thing is here, He talks about joy. Blessed are you when you're persecuted, blah, blah, blah. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. And, and, and He talks about all kinds of... You know, all of this is that there's joy here and there's joy there. Now, this is an interesting thing. We don't know, because we're on this side of the great divide, what is heavenly joy going to be like? I'm thinking that it's going to be pretty awesome. We all know what it's like to be joyful in life now. And we all want to be. Sometimes we're not. But we like to be joyful. We like to be happy. We like to feel like our life is going in a good way and we're doing good things and accomplishing good things. The Scriptures talk about heaven as being a greater existence. What must that joy be like? In Hebrews 12, it talks about Jesus. It says that Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before Him. Jesus endured what He was dealing with physically because he, he knew that when I get on the other side, it is going to be phenomenal. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. There's not a child of God that's ever lived that at some time does not have to endure what they're going through now with an eye toward the other side. For the joy set before me, I will endure this now. You want to be happy? I want to be happy. You want to be joyful? I want to be joyful. I think Jesus gives us some real working tools here to be joyful. It's your inner person. It's the impact that you can have on other people around you. And it's the looking toward the other side that can really give us the motivations in life to go through sometimes the difficulties that we have. Here's the the challenge that I leave you with today. Number one, be happy. You can be happy or you can walk around moaning all the time. I would encourage you, make a decision. I'm going to be a joyful, happy person. That's number one. Number two challenge for today is help somebody else find happiness in their life. Help somebody else. Help somebody else to find happiness in their life. Brothers and sisters and friends, you're dismissed. Let's have a great week.